basketball, but is there any? I felt like I shorted you last week. Is there anything non-basketball related you want to get out there? Maybe make fun of Trevor. Trevor, here's your platform. No, look, man, making fun of Trevor is too easy to do. Like I'm, I'm kind of over it. You know, that was that was fun to do like three years ago. Now it's just kind of sad. Um, yeah, but I want to talk hoops, man. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Like, I was, I was look, a trending look. fad. Is that what you're saying? And it's past. I'm like disco. Yeah, like you're, dude, you were so like three years ago. <laughs> so you're, you're fired up. I'm fired up. Uh, we, it's an exciting time here in Kentucky. Now exhibition games are underway. Louisville played Bellarmine. Only what was that, Trevor? A 16 point win against the Knights. Not 71-55. Yeah. So not overly impressive there. Kentucky gets a 53 or 54 point win against or 59 point win against Ottawa. Whatever it ended up being, uh, a lot of AP. The AP poll came out in in college basketball. UNC number one there. Did you have any problems with the AP poll? It, it was similar to the coaches poll that we've known about for a while. No, not really. You know, I I, I think that it's pretty obvious the top five teams in the country in some order are going to be. Uh, North Carolina, Maryland, Kentucky, Kansas, and Virginia. That's actually the order that I would have them in. Um, I think we can all basically agree on that. Duke fans may not like it, uh, but you know the fact of the matter is that without any kind of guarantees about what you're going to get from the front line and without any kind of guarantees about how good Derek Thornton is going to be, it's really tough to project Duke as, you know, um, one of like as good as a team like Kentucky or as good as a team like North Carolina and, and Maryland, where we kind of know how good like these dudes are, you know. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, it's funny to me that people are talking about like, oh, Duke can repeat, Duke can repeat. They bring back four guys from the team that played last season, and they lost their top four players. You know, the the guy that everyone's going to know on this team is the guy that really couldn't get into the lineup until they booted Rasheed Suleiman out of the program. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's uh, it's one of the more ironic parts of the year is we kind of tick down towards the first game of the season that, that here we are, Duke's trying to repeat, and nobody knows who anybody on the team did. And uh, another big question about Duke is what are they going to have inside? What will they be able to show inside? Uh, losing, obviously, Okafor, and, and they are returning Emil Jefferson, and this will be time for Emil Jefferson to really step up and uh, prove himself. But, again, he is – You know – And he's thin I, and he's offensive. And, you know, who's going to get rebounds? Who's going to defend inside? Who's going to block shots? Those are all big questions that I have about Duke. Uh, guard play, they're going to be fine. Brandon Ingram's going to be a star. They're going to be able to shoot as well as any other team in the country. But how are they going to defend inside? How are they going to rebound? And who's going to score inside as well? Well, here's, here's – like, I don't necessarily – believe that Ingram's going to be a star right off the bat because my issue with him is that he's like he's kind of like a quiet laid back dude like he's not this guy that you're just going to kind of run out there and you know he's going to go out and get you 18 20 points on a given night like he's one of these guys that kind of lets the game come to him he developed a little bit late like he wasn't really he, he didn't really he always had all this potential right like everybody saw it on the the recruiting trails everyone was like oh you know he's six foot eight and long and athletic like he could be a star one day but he's not playing like it yet. And then there was one point, like he played on the uh, Adidas circuit, and I think it was in May of his, the, before his senior year, he went up against Jalen Brown, and he, like, dominated Jalen Brown um, in a head-to-head matchup. And it kind of, like, everything kind of clicked for him. I think it was in Indianapolis. And everything kind of clicked for Brandon Ingram there. And he's kind of been, you know, 
living up to the hype a little bit more and putting pieces together here and there. And everyone's like, well, what happens if he puts it all together is this. But he hasn't quite, like, figured out how to put it all together yet. And he's quiet and he's laid back. And, you know, quiet and laid back guys don't always thrive under Coach K's system because Coach K is so, you know, pro-communication and pro-talking. So I, I don't – it'll be interesting to see the immediate impact that Brandon Ingram has. I think the two X factors for Duke are obviously point guard play. Like Derek Thornton is a freshman; he should actually be a senior in high school right now. Who knows how good of a shooter he is? Like, who knows how good of a distributor? He's kind of like an attack-minded point guard. Um, he's, a, he's a great so, passer. Yeah, but he's like a flashy passer. He turns the ball over a lot. Like he's one of these dudes that is going to, you know, have a couple highlight real plays but he might have an assist-to-turnover ratio that's like 1.3 to 1. You know what I mean? Fair. Fair. So it'll, it'll, it'll look good at times, but the bad is, is going to be very, very bad, too. Um, so I wonder what, like, how, how well he's going to be able to handle the point. I think that's exactly for him in the middle is, do you remember for that national title run in 2010, Brian Zubek, like, came out of nowhere as a senior and turned into, like, a double-double guy in the post. Like, he was getting 10 rebounds, blocking three shots. He was physical, he was strong, he was tough inside, he gave him a presence there, and it let them kind of take advantage of the fact that they could go for round one, and that was a team that had John Shire, Nolan Smith, uh, Kyle Singler, and I'm blanking on the other wins that they had at that time, but they basically had, they didn't really have a true point guard, they had a really, really good kind of combo forward, and they had three guards that could kind of do different things on the perimeter, which is a lot like what it's going to look like if they... You know, this team ends up being Matt Jones, Grayson Allen, Luke Kennard, or Brandon Ingram around, you know, Chase Jeter or Miles Plumley. So I think that the, or Marshall, whatever Plumley it is. So I think that if Plumley can kind of be that physical, shot blocking presence that is just like seven foot, 240, and plays hard, like that's all he really has to do, I think that right there is going to be the difference maker to do. Like, can he be that guy that can go up against, say, Skull Abyssier and just make life difficult for him? Or go up against like a, a Damian Jones or go up against North Carolina's front line or Robert Carter at Maryland and just make life difficult for him. And if he can do that, then, you know, I think that, that puts Duke in the conversation for being, you know, a real national title contender instead of just being a Duke team that has a lot of really good players on it. Well, they'll, they'll be able to score with anybody with the shooting of Grayson Allen, Luke Kennard, Brandon Ingram, those guys that you mentioned. I, but I, I think we're on the same page of, Waiting to see if anybody steps up inside. Marshall Plumley, a guy that averaged just two points, two rebounds last year on the national title team. Uh, and those are the best averages he's had. And that was after his junior year. Uh, the jury's still out. Uh, I know you've got to run here pretty soon. Let's do kind of that same thing we just did with Duke, but with Kansas, because they're in everybody's preseason top five. And one, I don't think Kansas was all that great last year. Now, they are returning several pieces. Uh, and they're adding Carlton Bragg, who's uh, similar to a, a Brandon Ingram and uh, very different. Brandon Ingram, I consider more of a three, and obviously Carlton Bragg more of a four, but very good offensively, but not physically overpowering, I guess would be the term to use, uh, but still really talented. So they're adding him, and that's a plus. And, but still no word on Czech Diallo. So I, I don't think Kansas is – I don't know if Kansas is a top-five team even with Czech Diallo. Without him, I don't know if they're a top ten team, Rob. You know, I'm I'm with you on Chef Diallo. Like he's he is going to be the guy that that kind of, you know, in the same way that Marshall Plumley is the physical presence for Duke, Chef Diallo is going to be that physical presence for Kansas. He's going to be everything 
He is everything that people wanted Cliff Alexander to be last year. Athletic, with a motor, you know, runs in transition, block shots, dunks, gets rebounds. Like, that's what he does, and that's what Kansas was missing last season. Why I think they're going to be – why people think they're going to be a top-five team is, A, they expect Wayne Selden to finally start playing like the guy that was in McDonald's All-American in high school. And, you know, I get that. He played really well in Korea for stretches. Um, I still – I'm not buying Wayne Selden as anything more than the Wayne Selden that we've seen um, until I see something different from him against American competition, against Big 12 competition. So I, you know, I, I kind of, I'm just dipping my toe into the the the, the waters there with Wayne Selden. Um, but you know, I think that when you look at the the depth they have, the experience they have, how good uh, Frank Mason and, and Devontae Graham are going to be um, in the backcourt. And the presence of Wayne Selden and Perry Ellis and, and Svee Mihailuk and Brandon Green and Sheck Diallo, like they, they have bodies and they have pieces. But, yeah, you're right. If they don't have Sheck Diallo, if he's not eligible, then I don't think they're a top-five team. With them, you know, they're there. And that's actually mostly because, you know, if Kansas is in the top-five team, who is? Duke? Yeah, yeah, Iowa, Iowa State? Villanova? That's a fair point. I know you're busy appreciate you even coming on today uh, with your busy schedule. Do you think Chuck Diallo is eligible? If you had to make a guess right now, yes or no? Gun to head, I think he ends up playing this season. But, you know, I, that's not with any insider information. That I just – that is my guess at this point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. They certainly need him. Rob, thanks for coming on next week. Let's get more time and let's talk more college basketball. Sounds good, and we'll make fun of Trevor some more too. That's good. That's good. Uh, I'm perfectly in on that. Rob Dosser, NBC Sports. I appreciate him coming on the show. Again, he's busy today. Normally we have him on longer. Uh, Trevor, we. Uh, how are you? You still awake over there? I'm sorry, huh? What? What was that? I was. I, was... I can't believe you showed up late today. Uh, you and you put <laughs> intern Jack into a very difficult spot where he came in through the clutch. He did, and it's ironic that it's the same day that I'm supposed to fill out his. Uh evaluation form for his internship are you really filling out an evaluation form yes i am do you, do you should we fill it out together what's the yeah give me some of the questions on the evaluation all form. right let's look see here um ability to adapt to a variety of tasks does he exceed our expectations meet our expectations or does not meet expectations wow what kind of jerk would put not meet expectations uh crap should i refill it out <laughs> I, I, but I mean, like, seriously, if you were just, and what is he, 16? 17, yeah. 17, 17, and you're going to intern places and kind of get a feel for what you want to do, and you would have some boss tell you that you did not meet expectations in your internship? I, I kind of, I asked him that a second ago before you, we brought this up uh, here on the air, but I asked him if, if it seemed almost fake if I just X'd, put an X under, you know, either exceeds or meets expectations, because honestly, he has. But I, I wonder if you're the teacher and you received this from your student. I mean, how many students just put X's down the, the, the line of, you know, exceeds expectations to look good? I mean, would it look fake if I did that? Should I just t- should I mark one where he's not meeting my expectations just to make it look realistic? I think you should answer, answer it honestly. Well, yeah, but, there, it, it, but even if what, what's, a, what's another question? Uh, well, reliability and dependability, I think we, we can clearly say he's met expectations. I don't know about Says me. the person but, that shows up yeah. late. Hey, I'm not the one on being an evaluation here, okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Um, yeah, well, you know, if he exceeded all the expectations, you got to go with what you got to go with. Is there anything where you have to answer, like, put comments? Well, here, you like go, he here, did... here you go. Here's one that's definitely exceeds expectations, ability to cope in stressful situation. He did a pretty good job of that today, I think. I uh, think so, too. He seemed cool, calm, and collective talking to him. And I don't have the heart to tell him I was actually here. I was out in the car the entire time. I just did this as kind of a joke on him to see if he could, could handle it. It wasn't uh, a joke. It was a test. Yeah, it was a test. And I, I, was, I got here at like 10 till 4, and I was just was sitting in my car the entire time making sure he could handle this situation. I think intern Jack deserves uh, a perfect score. For, for what he's done over yeah, the last Yeah, I'm few looking. Weeks. I'm I'm gonna slide in a few just meets expectations opposed to exceeds just to make it look a little more realistic. No, don't do that. Well, I mean, well, first of all, attendance and punctuality. Obviously, he meets expectations. Appropriate dress for work environment. So that that's a tricky one because he dresses like I do. So he's in here like in gym shorts and and, and, and shoes and a, and a, and a uh, t-shirt. But that's that's professional for our field, especially when you're just gonna be in the studio. Okay, so that, and that that would meet my expectation. It wouldn't exceed it. Hmm. Well, okay. See, there you go. See, that's a that's a worthy meet expectation, not exceeding it. Exceeding Man. it would be showing up in a suit and tie. That, that's true. I still think that's you're that's gonna the teacher's gonna look at that and say, well, you could have dressed nicer. Well, and poor intern Jack will say, but you should have seen the guy in the yeah. studio. He then he asked me why he asked me to come into his class and talk to his class. The teacher just looks at him and gives him a hug afterwards. Says, "I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I apologize uh, that, for all my would, for all my critical comments I made of your uh, evaluation." That would that would definitely happen. Well, definitely give intern Jack some good scores. I think he deserves it. We're gonna head to commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about what Rob said. Kansas, Duke, some other teams in the top five. We'll continue to talk Kentucky, their ex- exhibition win, and it's voting day. So hopefully everybody got out to vote. We'll be right back here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Me on the court and I'm troubled. Last week, hook around and got a triple double. Freaking niggas every way like MJ. I can't believe today was a good day. Well, first of all, that that it's a, a classic scene from a, a classic modern millennium movie that is the water boy why why it is why but you know something a little more upbeat okay uh you know get get the people fired up (laughs) get 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 them get them excited get them acting like they just sit on a thumbtack type uh, reaction exactly like get them off their seat when they're so excited to listen to this next segment a radio that they're gonna have to stand for it well maybe the excitement that they know that you are not an attractive man and they don't have to look at you but only listen to you, that should make them excited, wouldn't it? But it, it's false advertising. I don't know. It depends who you ask. <laughs> oh, anyway, did you get out and vote today? I, I will, hearing that you woke up at 2.45, and I wouldn't, I don't know how the, the court system works, but are you legally allowed to vote anyway? <laughs> uh, the old classic John Renshaw. Felons can't vote, Johnny. Um, I, I One, I'm not a felon, and two, uh, because I did uh, go to night court last night and had my uh, and got that taken care of, so I'm a clean record now. But uh, nonetheless, I did not vote. I didn't even know it was voting day. You didn't know it was voting day? No, I'm not a registered voter. Wow, is that a bad that's, thing? That, that's pretty unbelievable. Well, here, here's yeah, the, here, well, here's the thing, TJ. Hey. Keep in mind though, and you know me well enough to know that I don't follow politics. 
I don't know any of the names. Now, do I care? Not really. I'm not really worried about it. It doesn't bother me. But here's the thing. I don't want to go out and vote for somebody not knowing any of the options. I don't want to blindly go in there and go, hey, that guy's got a cool name. I'm just going to vote for him and watch him turn out to be like Stalin or something. Yeah, but do you think a guy like Stalin would be on the ballot? Quite possibly. I don't know. There's a lot of Republicans on the ballot. Wow. <laughs> Can I get a rim shot? <laughs> wow. There's still a bush on there. <laughs> well, there's not on the, no, there wasn't a bush on the ballot today. Not for locally, you, but you know what I mean. <laughs> do you know who was even running or what they were running for today? Ooh, this is a fun trivia question. Um, I'm going to say they were running for judges. Uh, judges were were yes, they were, oh. they were running for judges. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Uh, they were running for mayors. Uh, no. Oh crap! Not like mayor of Louisville, but like uh, county mayor or something. Uh, no. Oh, I thought they did that here locally in Indiana. Uh, I thought they were running for like mayor of New Albany and things like that. Um, I don't know, uh, like uh, treasurer. Is that is that a thing? Well, <laughs> the you don't know what the big one is. President. Yeah. The governor. Pres- governor. Yes. Yes, and I Do you will- know who the who the who the main candidates are? Brashear. Blevin, Blevin. Uh, no, not oh. J.P. Blevin. Well, that guy apparently is a liar, according to a lot of the ads I see. Matt Bevin. Matt Bevin. Yeah, Matt Bevin. I did. I did catch his uh, post-debate press conference where he blew up on the reporters. I thought was kind of entertaining in a Jim Mora hey, kind of way. I, I, well, I don't want to get into. When you get into politics, you, you can rub people the wrong way. But I am a registered Republican. I never go straight ticket, and I think people that vote straight ticket. That they are part of what's wrong with politics because that's that's a blind thing to do, is it not? Well, you you just you just took a big shot at Republican, so you <laughs> would probably be somebody to do that. No, I don't. Honestly, well, no, because I kind of I liked Reagan when I was a kid. He's Republican. He okay, then good for you. I mean, if, if you like, I can take a shot at Democrats too. I mean, that well, <laughs> I, I again, I'm a registered Republican and. But I don't always vote Republican. I didn't. I voted. Whew, I it was close to fifty-fifty, and maybe even voted for more Democrats today because you know you can't always vote with your party because sometimes people in your party are wrong. Uh, but again, registered Republican, and don't. It's um, this was an important election, Trevor. I, I'm disappointed you didn't get out there and. Well, I'm not registered first of all, so I couldn't have voted regardless. Well, get, well, get uh, registered. Uh, okay, I mean, well, I don't. But again, why should I register if I'm not going to follow the who's who's the topics? And then I'm just voting for somebody because of, I like their name. Maybe that's that works for horse racing and not very financially successful. I'm ra- well, then you need to inform yourself. Some of this stuff has to do don't with care. taxes that you'll pay. Yeah, well, different yeah. laws for back when you're in the court system next time. <laughs> uh, a couple of those things we'll, we'll we'll just say don't really even really affect me. But that's not no here or there. Do you know who uh, Matt Bevin's going against for governor? Um, oh, uh, Conway Twitty. Jack Conway. Yeah, it's close enough. You're clearly somebody <laughs> that's just seen the ads, and you have it in your mind. Every time I see it, I think, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. So I've voted twice since I've lived in my new house in St. Matthews, and I, I during my exercise, my jogging in the morning, I have voted twice on election day back in 
May when somehow Matt Bevin won the Republican nomination by 73 votes or 83 see, votes. See, you could have asked me which one was Republican or Democrat, and I wouldn't have known that either. Okay, well, he, he won by 83 votes in the GOP governor race. Okay. In that field, that was like five or six people, and all of them were pretty close to one another. Uh-oh. <laughs> there are, we go. Are the ads coming on? The, the ad just magically, it's like they know we're talking about it, <laughs> and then the ad comes on, which is pretty funny. Uh, and so he, he won by 83 votes to get the nomination. He'll go against Jack Conway. Jack Conway is saying next guy, Trevor. Oh, wow. Okay. Is Bevin a uh, Wagner guy? Bevin is not from Kentucky. Well, how can he run from, for governor if he's not from? I thought he had to be from here. No, well, you can you can live in a state for a certain amount of time and run for office there. Rand Paul is not from Kentucky. Where's Bevin from? He's from New Hampshire. Oh, well, I don't want a northerner. Come on. I'm going Conway then. And Rand Paul's from Pittsburgh, and he's our one of he represents us on the Senate. So, so you're going to vote for Trump then, since you're a registered Republican? I, I, I'm not. My dad is also a registered Republican, and him and I do not see eye to eye on politics. Probably at least fifty or sixty percent of the time, he's a big Trump guy. I am. I'm clearly not a big Trump guy. Who's you? Who do? Who do you? Uh, who? Do, who is in the leaderboard of the presidential Republican side for uh, T.J. T.J. Walker? TJ Yates, yeah. I was, I, was, I was mixing your name and Yates and coming up with the quarterback of North Carolina, North Carolina quarterback. <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily ha- – I, I do like Rand Paul. Uh, he's a libertarian. I think of myself as a libertarian for the most part. Um, so I, I, I like Rand Paul. He's not going to win. He's not going to come close to winning. Uh, so besides that, I don't know. I, I, I like Marco Rubio, I suppose. That name sounds uh, and, made up. And that's pretty much. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not crazy about any of them, to be completely honest. You're not. You're not with uh, Jeb Bush or Jed Bush. Or... I, I like Jeb Bush too. He's not going to win either. He his campaign has just nosedived. So I he's just, not going to. The people I like aren't going to win. I don't know what that says about me. I just don't want to be the country whose president's name is Jed. I just feel like we just there's enough to be made fun of it from was, us. It's Jeb. Even worse. Jeb. <laughs> that's to make it better, buddy. <laughs> Ohio today is voting to legalize marijuana. I'm moving today. Did you know that? So, so now that now that now they're spon- now that they can actually promote their state as Ohio. <laughs> well, guys, can it's I, been a good I, can show. I, can I, I'm out. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a good show. I'm walking out on a high. Listening. Uh, it's actually been a good run here on 1450 <laughs> The Sports Buzz, and I want to thank you all for your long support over the years. <laughs> Woo! Uh, no, but this is actually if that passes, uh, Cincinnati style chili might actually be uh, edible. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one, and the Reds would actually be watchable. Yeah, exactly. They might actually get attendance. <laughs> uh, oh, but here's the thing: is I thought it was initially just medical marijuana, or you know, you could go into a store and buy it if you had a certain pass. But this is like full-on Colorado legal marijuana. <laughs> this is full-on Cheech and Chong TVs made out of pot. This is Washington <laughs> legalization of marijuana. This is like you go into the store if you're 21 years old and you buy whatever type of weed you want, you buy some edibles, and you go on your merry way. <laughs> that, I, I'm serious. It, 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 didn't Kentucky, is that not on their, 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 their uh, oh, hell platform no. as well? But did they hell just no. legally, Can, uh, they made hemp legal, did they not recently? No, I don't think that's true. I thought they did. I could be wrong. Let me know if uh, if that's true. That's interesting. I, I don't. Kentucky 
Yeah, I, I love the Commonwealth of Kentucky. I, I never want to leave it. It's it's home to me. But man, we are so behind on some issues. <laughs> we really are. Well, and, and I, now of, I can move to Cincinnati, and I can still maybe live in Newport, and I can claim to be a Kentuckian, but just drive over to Ohio and enjoy their uh, their forward thinking. Well, you won't have to be a native of Ohio to be able to buy weed there. How much? How many? How, many, how much do you think? And not, and not just even Ohio, but like in Colorado. How often do you think the cops like watch the borders for people driving just across the borders to get to get pot and drive back? I, I don't know. It's a good question. Not because I'm not, you know I, I know in Colorado you can't take it on a plane with you. That's well, of obvious. course. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like a water but bottle. In terms of, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if uh, how they monitor that. They're obviously not going to have a checkpoint at the border. No, it's a large. That's a pretty damn border. I mean, if you're going to bring in. Marijuana. I, I don't know. I, I guess there's no good way to do it. What's going to stop you from or anybody from just going up to Ohio and buying a bunch of marijuana and bringing it back here to Kentucky? Now, if you get caught in Kentucky, whether you're going to get in trouble, yeah, but it'd be I, a lot easier to get in the first place. I think, and there's a limit, I'm sure, of how much you can purchase. I mean, uh, you can't just yeah, go in there and be like, yeah. yeah, give me like a Nate Newton, you know, truck full of you know marijuana. But uh, with Kentucky, or here's I mean, the, give me the Michael now, Phelps. Kentucky could be the most profitable state in growing marijuana. I did a report on that, like my sophomore year of high school, and it's always the the stoners that do that, and I'm far from a stoner. It's always the stoners that did that. And <laughs> or the stoners looking at you going, like, what's this narc doing in our territory? When my teacher said, <laughs> you, you could just tell, like, he was going to expect me to have baggy pants and long hair and uh, to, like, reek like uh, of cigarettes, but... I was like, no, I don't even smoke, and I, I just this makes sense for our state. We could be the, one of the most profitable states in growing and selling marijuana, and we're just not going to do it. And then you look at every state that we touch, Trevor, they have legalized gambling. Uh, West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana. They've got Tennessee. casinos in Detroit. A friend of mine just came back from Detroit last week and said he, he stayed at a casino. Yeah, okay, that's true. Uh, Detroit's not touching the Kentucky border. Well, I'm just making references of more states outside of Vegas, even in the vicinity. Exactly, but uh, but more specifically, people are leaving Kentucky on their weekends, on their nights off, to go spend money in other states that are right across the river or just across the border in Tennessee, and it's so stupid to me. It doesn't make any sense to me that Kentucky's just missing out on all this money. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, another one that, is you, you want to just be on the right side of history with this stuff. Eventually, almost every state is going to legalize marijuana. Just start making money on it before you just feel stupid for not doing it. I mean, is, gambling, is it Kentucky's most profitable uh, export probably tobacco? I mean, if we're willing to, to sell to be the number two tobacco just by North Carolina, what, what, why are we suddenly putting on our high horses and say we won't produce marijuana too? Well, you know, that's a, a fair point. Again, just incredibly profitable. And there's just a bunch of people that they, they feel that marijuana is the evil and brings about the devil and all that. <laughs> you, you ever watch Reefer Madness? It turns you and makes you hallucinate, makes you think you're a werewolf. Now you're going to have Ohio just making a ton of money off of it. And Kentucky, we're just going to be standing here with our thumbs in our pockets, just, uh, you know. Doing the right thing, I suppose. It's a domino gonna, effect. I mean, you, you make profit off marijuana, which makes profit off the Funyun business, which makes profit off of uh, television, corny television shows. It's a domino effect of money coming in. We're going to head to a commercial break. We'll be right back here on 1450. The Sports Buzz, stick around. 
Yo, Fife, you remember that routine that we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean? Um, um, a tidbit, um, a smidgen. I don't get the message, so you got to okay. run the pigeon. You're on point, Fife. All the time, tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, tip. So then grab the microphone and let your words rip. Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. I'm like an energizer, cause you see I last long. My crew is never, ever whack because we stand strong. Now if you say my style is whack, that's where you're dead wrong. I slay that body in El Segundo, then push it along. You'll be a fool to reply the fight is not the man. Cause you know, and I know, that you know who I am. cocktails in me, start a fire in someone's kitchen, maybe go to SeaWorld, take my pants off. On 1450, the Sports Buzz. We're back here, 1450, the Sports Buzz. A beautiful, I mean, uh, it's almost too hot, Trevor. Tuesday afternoon, it is November. That was a more positive intro, wasn't it? It was. It was fun. It was upbeat. We're ready to rock and roll. Who, who doesn't want to take their pants off at SeaWorld? It's a little too warm. Uh, it's not a little too warm. The weather's perfect. I'm not complaining. One thing I don't like, though, is when the show's over and it's time to go take Abe for a walk, it's it's dark outside. You have a backyard. A very big one at that. So should I take my dog for a walk in the backyard? I mean, you mean you can't just play with them and take him, let him out back and let him just run around backyard? You, I mean, do you need to legitimately take him around the neighborhood? I, I wait. What do I take him? When I walk him. Do I take him around the neighborhood? Yeah, I mean, you I mean you don't have to actually physically yourself walk around him. I mean, you can just let him run around outside. He could play of exercise. Yeah, well, yeah, I could do that, but he likes walks, Trevor. What, what do you do with your poor dog? <laughs> my my dog is is much like the his owner has adapted my personality. Therefore, he doesn't want to go unless he has to squat or lift his leg. He has no desire to be outside. He wants to be inside, laying on the floor, dreaming about chasing cats and rabbits and other uh, things that dogs do, and lay next to his daddy, which is me. Abe is also he, he likes. My dog is hunting. old though. Your dog is what, like one or two years old. Mine's fifteen. <laughs> well, Abe is a hunting dog, but he much prefers to be inside. He much prefers to be around people more than anything. But he doesn't love. He doesn't like being out, left outside. I mean, my dog which, hates uh, being around people, except for me. I, I, I didn't. He. he so I, I'm, I've got a fantasy draft at 9.15 yesterday, NBA fantasy draft Ooh. at 9.15. And uh, the U.K. game obviously went from 7 to 9, and it was probably the last TV timeout before the end of the U.K. game. And I go to let Abe outside so he can go to the bathroom and do what he needs to do. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, and then when my fantasy draft starts, I'm going to, I'll be able to put him in his cage or leave him down here. Just work, get him to where he's going to be calm, but I don't want to leave him outside because he hates being outside for that long, especially when it's dark. Now, that being said, so it's the final TV timeout. I go and take him outside, watching the, the last four minutes of the game, however long it was, and Abe is barking outside. I, I figured he probably saw a squirrel, saw an animal, or whatever. But he is barking, and it's, it, I, I'm able to hear it in my basement. And whenever he sees something, he barks. Then I hear a loud knock on the door, and it's that crazy neighbor, Trevor. Uh, the one two doors down that complained that you were being too loud at 8 p.m. playing cornhole? No, not that one. The one that got really 
upset at the other neighbors for them spraying something in the yard. Okay, so not the one that had a confrontation with you before, though. No, but I've talked to this neighbor before, and he's he's crazy. That's not the one I pulled in his driveway on accident thinking it was your house that one night, is it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, good, to make sure. This is the one who got really mad at the other neighbor for using fertilizer and killing a bunny. <laughs> this is the neighbor that the cops have been called on several times in our neighborhood. That's good to see that the services of our uh, fire officers in blue are being wasted on uh, civil disputes that have no meaning of their services. Needed. How do you know? What, what are you? Are you, talk, are you crazy? What are you, he he fertilizer? He's putting fertilizer on his lawn. And you're going to call the cops in your neighbor for putting fertilizer on his lawn? Uh, what if the neighbor that is yelling at somebody for putting fertilizer on their lawn is crazy and decides to go nuts on on that neighbor? So who? Ca- which one called the cops? Come? The fertilizing guy or the guy that, that didn't get the fertilizer? Who called the cops? This, you're, Again, I told this story a while back, and leave it to you to not remember well, it. I went to Ohio last weekend. But, no, that was not what the cops was were called on. But the cops have been called on this neighbor before for being in altercations with other neighbors in the neighborhood. Okay, so he's a bad neighbor. By the way, do you know if he's listening or not? He's, I, I doubt, no. There's okay. no way he's listening. You sure? I'm not sure, but I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll roll the dice. Take a chance ro- on it. I'll roll the dice. But so he comes over and knocks on the door. And he says, "Yeah, your your dog your dog's really barking out there." <laughs> now, now, how many houses yeah. down does he live? He lives across the street. Across the street, okay, directly across. Correct. Okay, go on. Man, you're are you like trying to hope that he's listening to be like, oh wow, this had to be me. <laughs> I'm sending him the audio right now. I'm gonna drop it off at his house on the way home. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm getting a mental picture of this situation. Go on. So obviously he's, he, he's upset that the dog is barking. And I say, yeah, I, I, I know. He must have saw something out there. <laughs> Maybe you standing at my door. And he said, <laughs> well, uh, pretty loud. Is he okay? Yeah, he's, he's fine. And at this point, I had already let Abe in and he was going nuts at the door barking at him. I said, okay, I'm just trying to, to make sure. But at that point, he was definitely trying to play it off that he was a concerned neighbor wondering about my dog instead of being a jerk that was complaining about noise at 8.55. Do, Dad, do you give him credit, though, for at least trying to act concerned at first instead of just coming over and pounding on your door and be like, shut that dog up, though? I mean, do you give him a little bit uh, of no, leeway towards if, that? I think you wait until it's at least an hour or 45 minutes before you even say anything. And, and if Abe was, like, yelping or something... Or gotten out, maybe. Or if he, you know, if he was whining and sounded very, he was barking. He was barking like he saw an intruder. He's barking. You probably saw your neighbor standing in your lawn looking he at probably, him. That's what I asked him. I was like, "Were you walking around out there?" And he was like, "No, no, I just walked across the street." I, I'm not so sure that he wasn't looking in my backyard or something crazy. <laughs> it's just, it really, you know, kind of, kind of. Does he live? Know. Does he live alone? Yes. Is he like what age are we looking like mid forties? I guess like six. I, I guess like mid fifties, upper fifties, maybe low sixties. Because I'm I'm trying to um, I mean this I'm trying to do this comparison. I I have a neighbor who his uh, friend who his neighbor his kid mows his lawn and he accidentally mowed one strip of his neighbor's lawn and the neighbor actually called the cops for trespassing on his child on the child. Oh, and had That's the and had the cops put up signs of, of, of the border of his territory of his, of his property, so I'm trying to see which I'm, I'm just doing this in my head of which one might be worse, and they sound very similar to both seem like older men who live alone who probably more than likely have a room in their house at some place 
that is full of old newspapers stacked up in Reader's Digest. And the thing about this guy is, suppose, and I've heard it like once or twice before. Again, I've only lived here for a few months, but supposedly he plays music really loud outside at weird hours, and I've heard it before. But like tantric music, know, or it's like a ba- like a guitar, and like he's got a band or something. Okay. And I've heard other stories from other neighbors saying that he complained one time about a neighbor using a, a leaf blower <laughs> and told her that it's it's much healthier to just rake with your hands. A rake with a with a rake, and that seems I, more nosy than than crazy. I mean, crazy just, clearly, it, but you know, don't get on me about my dog, dude. He's barking for five minutes, <laughs> and I wasn't overly nice to him because it's five minutes. Again, if it was an hour and it was like eleven forty-five at night, then sure, that's my bad. Did you Dogs apologize in any way? Did you like? I'm sorry about that, buddy. I'll. I'll no. Try to keep him down. You just told told him to get a life. No, and I get said he must her. have saw something. I let him in. I sarcastically told him, "Thanks for stopping by." <laughs> yeah. You're you're not you're not welcoming yourself into the neighborhood very uh, very well. I mean, you've only Why been. Why that? Well, I mean, you've had now you have obviously a beef with. I guess clearly this this person has a beef. The with other everyone. one again, Trevor. You don't listen to my stories. The other neighbor that came down apologized to me. Has apologized now three times to me okay. about getting mad about the noise. Still, he got mad about it. He got mad about it at what? Uh, what time was that? It was like 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's a little more a reasonable. story from a while, a while back. She has apologized 10 times about it. So, that one's not an issue. Do you think this, this neighbor is a threat or just uh, nosy crazy? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I don't know. I He he is, uh, you know. He's he's a little different. He's wired a little different. I'll give you an example. So, I, I lived in, in, in St. Matthews for six years at a house off of a street called Norburn, which is not far from where you are you're at, or by Wagner. And uh, I had roommates and we had there's a guy that lived across the street in like two houses down that we 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 called him the Manson house. And we didn't do that because we thought he was gonna go like chopping us up in the middle of the night, but because he was kind of a loner dude, had a big beard like a Manson beard. But from what Neighbors had told us he was almost like eccentrically genius. Like, I mean, he would he would walk to the, the bookstore each day and get the you know, Wall Street Journal and read the Wall Street Journal. And never had any other conversations with him beyond that. And time went by, and about three years after we moved away from that house, I was on a road trip with some friends, one of which was my roommate at that house. And he he, he was in the back seat, I was in the front, and he, he smacks me into the newspaper and says, read this. And it was our neighbor, the one who we'd called the Manson House, and I cannot make this up whatsoever. He's now in jail because apparently he had lived there with his mother. And this is a Norman Bates style story. His mother had passed away. He did nothing about it. He left her in like the bed for years and just left the, the, the body there and just kept going on his life as if his mother was still alive. And someone eventually found out and took him to jail for negligence or something or other. I can't remember what he was charged with officially. But they said he got like ten years prison. This was about five years ago, so he's probably still in prison. Oh, jeez, that's awful. It's it's very weird. It's creepy though because it's we we always kind of joked in in tongue and cheek that you know he's he's innocent. He's not innocent, but you know he's not a threat to anyone really. And I guess he really wasn't a threat. He just was kind of just barely attached to his mother. I mean, but nonetheless, it was one of those weird. There's every neighborhood. My point of the story is every neighborhood has that or street has that one guy. Go rent the movie The Burbs, and you'll completely understand what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Um, Good movie, though, uh, with Tom Hanks. Underrated comedy. All right, we're going to need to head to commercial. When we come <laughs> back, we will. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk sports. We'll talk more about 
the UK exhibition, and then we'll talk Kentucky football. Stick around here on 1450, the sports bus. No, they've the mayor of my neighborhood doesn't like me because I park a car on the street and he gets on me about it and he tries to give me tickets and I ignore him and because they're neighborhood cops they really don't count it's like mall security but you know I just I, I, I let it go you know you, the, the, people like that just you know they they want to be unhappy and, and negative about everything then that's the uh, struggle they're going to have to live through not me well that's fine uh, yeah, that's fine you're right I need to be the the uh the, the bigger person and get over it and uh yeah whatever it bothers me it works just sick a on him there, there, there's no <laughs> there's no ifs ands or buts about it anyways got a tweet of the show from captain arctic we were talking earlier about uk basketball before i got so sidetracked as it so often happens is I, he said one thing that will become apparent quickly is how much better we would have been last year with just seven players and didn't you feel the absence of tension without the twins there last night? Felt like a weight was removed. <laughs> that's a good, you know, that actually is a good point. Again, this was just one exhibition game. It was just one, one game against a terrible, terrible team. Maybe the worst team I've seen Kentucky play with John Calipari as the coach. And that was, and that also included a game they beat a team by ninety, so maybe not. But by the way, uh, tonight, following our show at six o'clock, uh, IU will have their first exhibition game against the actual Ottawa team of Canada, I believe. Wow, the yeah. Ottawa GGs, a little revenge. <laughs> Is that what they're really called, the GGs? Did you just I'm pretty say, sure. I didn't. I was hoping you made that up for their sake. Uh, no, yes, that's correct. Wow, a little revenge. It'll be an interesting It'll be game. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to listen. I'm curious to see how pregame with Don Fisher starts at six o'clock. Curious to see how Thomas Bryant plays the freshman that, uh, I I thought Kentucky should have tried to, to grab, but Kentucky's doing just fine, I suppose. And, but actually that's a good point by captain Arctic because while I think very, very highly of the Harrison twins, Andrew and Aaron Harrison, Aaron provided some memories that will last, uh, last a lifetime. Some maybe the most memorable tournament, moments in Kentucky basketball history. Andrew Harrison led a UK team to a national championship game to the final four to a 38 and no record. They were both great, but it kind of was nice Trevor being able to watch a UK basketball game where people didn't question Andrew Harrison when there wasn't, well, you know, he made a mistake. Take him out. He did this. He did that. He wasn't good. I don't get why so-and-so isn't playing. That just hasn't really happened. And captain Artie, that's a really great point. And uh, and even for Andrew Harrison and the Harrison twins, I, I'm kind of just singling out Andrew because he got more brunt of the blame than than Aaron did. But even their freshman seasons early on in the year when they made a mistake and UK lost a few games early on, it was, wow, these guys are overrated. They're not good. They're not going to amount to much. 
we're in trouble. We should have had, you know, should have had this guy. Should have, should have recruited another person. There was none of that last night. It was all right. You know who Kentucky's guards are, and it's Tyler Ulis, Jamal Murray, and Isaiah Briscoe, and those are going to be the three guards to lead. And they did a hell of a job leading last night. There was none of that. There was none of that animosity. There wasn't a divided fan base, which is pretty annoying to have to deal with. I, I was going to say the the, the uh, negativity towards the Harrisons is sometimes the nature of the beast that is the University of Kentucky and Big Blue Nation because of the expectations you get when you come in with the recruiting class that normally you have coming in. But as you continue talking, I start thinking about that. And I, also, I think it's a mix between that as well as how you mentioned you know, it didn't happen last night. Now, obviously, Jamal Murray's performance last night can help for any to kill any negative talk, even in an exhibition game. And while Ulyss wasn't maybe you know awesome, he was still pretty pretty good. I think also the, the, the it's the, that the original statement nature of the beast, as well as the, the Harrisons just somewhat weren't likable. They just I mean they just kind of rubbed you the wrong way a little bit. Whether they they were I'm not saying they were bad people or bad guys. Now you know I don't like Andrew Harrison as a player. I don't don't know him personally, but. I would say, I mean, they just they, they gave that vibe of that kind of pretentious, snooty, we're, 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 you know, just no one, we don't like you, no one wants to, we don't care if you like us type attitude. And it just kind of came through on the television like that as well a little bit. Yeah, I guess I could. Uh, I get what you're saying. They they were, you know, they did have their heads looking at the floor, their so- shoulders dropped from time to time. I, I don't think ultimately that should matter all that much whether you like a person or not. But I agree, they, but they, they, they weren't the Michael Kidd Gilchrist smiling down the floor, yeah. pumping people up time after time. Now they had their moments when they were playing well, or they'd be pumping people up and doing all that fun stuff. I, I can get that, but there was none of that last night in, in game one. Now, uh, if Kentucky loses, will fans start to complain? Hell yeah. <laughs> if Kentucky loses one game, you're going to have, a it won't it'll be the minority of the fan base but you'll have people wondering if so and so should be leading if if Isaiah Briscoe should be getting as much playing time if Jamal Murray shooting too much it'll be something and, and so winning cures everything but even with the winning last year when Kentucky started their first 38 games winning every single one of them you had people questioning if Andrew or Aaron Harrison should be playing as much as Tyler Ulis or Devin Booker and, and and this year you don't have it so great point ba- made by Captain Arctic. Uh, on Twitter, and and what a game it was from Jamal Murray and the entire UK roster. Or you had Tyler Ulis, who statistically was an unbelievable three-point shooter last year. Now he didn't shoot a ton of threes, so it's not it's not as big as a deal as if it was a Deron Lamb or something along those lines. But you know, he was around 50 percent, if I'm not mistaken, uh, four or five last night. He's probably Kentucky's best shooter, and maybe. Maybe one of the better shooters in the country. He's a smart shooter. He he knows he's not a guy like you mentioned a lamb who's more of a an, a quantity a, a quantity shooter over just a just a knowing when to take the shot. You that's something about Ulis knows his limitations. Knows he's not a guy that can just come off your regular screen on a regular basis and take a shot or or run off run off a pick and just take a take a shot take a quick three off of a curl. He he's a smart three point shooter. So therefore, it's going to obviously reflect on his accuracy, and I think that's the truth. Spot on. He's going to shoot when he's open, and when he's open, yeah. he's probably going to knock it down. He's not going to force anything. He's going to take what comes to him, and and he he knows he knows his limitations, and that's a good thing in a player, especially a point guard. Ten assists for Tyler Ulysses. He also had a double double. Uh, came up short on the triple double watch, just by six rebounds uh, for a five foot nine guy. That's not all. <laughs> that's not all that terrible. Uh, Trevor, the guy that I, you know, 
uh, I was high on Jamal. You know this. I was high on Jamal Murray before it was cool to be high on Jamal Murray. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think high on Jamal Murray is like the right level of like a love that you have for this man. So I I will I will always put that again. We're at one exhi- exhibition game and the jury's out on Jamal. He's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's Jordan. So I'm going to put that feather in my cap and say I'm right there and move on to my next. I am on the Derek Willis bandwagon. Oh, Lord. I'm on, and right now He's it's a beast. pretty open. I've got. I, I was the conductor of the Jamal Murray bandwagon, and now I'm hopping off. the The train's full. It's in good hands. That thing is just going to ride off into the sunset to the top five NBA pick. The and now Express. it's time for me. Now it's time for me to start a new, a new fan, a fan hop on the train with the rest of the Kentucky fans. And that, that train is the Derek Willis train. Oh, now this one might not be quite the locomotive that Jamal Murray's train was, <laughs> but it is still, it, it, it's It's picking up steam and you better get on it while you can still get a good seat. Five <laughs> of six last night. He only played 14 minutes, which was kind of strange. You had UK's starters or the guys that are going to play the majority of the minutes all play at least 22 minutes or more, uh, only 14 minutes for Derek Willis. But here's the thing. Offensively, he's really good, and he might be the best offensive three John Calipari's had since since he's been at UK. I think maybe would be fair to say, unless I'm just completely blanking on somebody. But since he's been at UK, he's probably going. He's probably UK's best offensive three. Now the question is, if he's going to play Trevor, he's going to have to be able to get rebounds, and he's going to be have to be able to defend. Now against uh, against Ottawa, which again you can only put so much stock into that game. Uh, he was able to get seven rebounds in those 14 minutes, which is awfully impressive. And he didn't get beat on defense. He played pretty good defense. Now, is he a lockdown defender? No, he never will be. So Derek Willis, and this train's not going to get full, Trevor, until we get to see him play against good opponents. Maybe he'll get some minutes against Duke. I don't know. But I I, I think there's a lot there, and I think there's a lot there to like. And uh, maybe he's competing with Charles Matthews in terms of being that seventh guy to, to kind of play he probably is in my opinion uh, Charles Matthews more athletic the better defender Derek Willis though much better offensively so it'll be interesting to see uh, just how he progresses and who will get more minutes there I, I want to say this if Jamal Murray is a locomotive then then like Derek Willis is Thomas the train I mean that, that's the that's the comparison of the two Derek I like I'm not saying Derek Willis is a bad kid but he, if he's playing good minutes and impactful minutes for Kentucky this year, you're going to want to be in Ohio for a long periods of time or Colorado. Oh, no, or, I, I, I disagree I mean, with that. He, I, I disagree with that. I'm sorry. He would, he, Derek Willis is a mid-major talent that is, on a, that is on a major program. Says the person because, that hasn't watched a minute of Kentucky this year. Well, first of all, you've only had one game, and it was against Ottawa. There was a blue-white scrimmage. That first, the the blue-white scrimmages mean nothing. The blue-white scrimmage is actually pretty a good indication. I'd say the blue-white scrimmage, you could take more away from that than than this game, than I, the game against Ottawa. I don't think you can – I disagree with that, and that's coming from someone who doesn't think you can take a lot from the Ottawa scrimmage. But why is that? Because I, I don't. I take nothing from inter-squad scrimmages because that's what it is, an inter-squad scrimmage. I, I, but I, I understand. That's the extent I of a fancy every, practice. I understand every word that you're saying, but why shouldn't you take that into consideration? They're I, playing against great talent. When they play against Ottawa, they're not playing against great talent. I tell you what, if he, I, I will eat my words if he is is productive in a meaningful game. And when I say meaningful, I mean a regular season game that is against a 
non-directional named school that is nowhere knows what direction to find it in. Uh, okay, that's 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 fair enough. But I, but I have a feeling I'm having out. I have a feeling I'm having the John Hood discussion with you like I had with my other friends just over again. It's but it's not because I because I never said it. No, I never had that John Hood discussion with you, but I had it with multiple I, Kentucky friends. I never I never said it. And again, I what did I say after I watched UK's practice? Wow, Derek Willis surprisingly stood out. Blue white game. <laughs> wow, Derek Willis picking up where he left off. Yet he still played. Yet he still played only fourteen minutes last night. Well, he only played fourteen minutes last night. Marcus Lee only played sixteen. Mm, you true. don't think Marcus Lee's going to play? I think Marf. Well, I think he will play, but I think his playing is more of kind of a force of lack of depth at his position as much as anything. Isaac Humphrey, seventeen minutes last night. He's going to play again. So I, more yeah, of a product of lack minutes, of depth at the position. Fourteen minutes was a little strange to me, but I I don't think that's an indication of if he's going to play or if he's not going to play. Uh, a guy, I. I Listen, again, not to toot my own horn, but Trevor, I've got a pretty good eye for talent. I'm a basketball recruiting analyst. I go and watch high school players, and I, I can determine for the most. I've got a pretty good percentage of saying if they're going to have a successful college career or not. Uh, again, most of the guys I watch for Kentucky, it's pretty easy that they're going to be because they're five stars and they're good. But even for some small ball, and when I do some other work for rivals, I, I like to think I've got a little eye for talent. Derek Willis has improved, man. He has. He can put it on the floor, pull up from anywhere. He can knock down shots. This is more than just John Hood. This is more than just a Kentuckian that was very highly regarded in high school that is now playing for Kentucky, and we need to give him a chance and uh, this or that. Let, let me ask you this. Is he better than Kyle Wiltshire right now? Is he a better player than Kyle Wiltshire or is, as of right uh, now? Wait, like, let me rephrase, let me, Kyle Wilcher at no, Gonzaga? No, let me, no. No, let, me write, let me rephrase that. Is he better than Cal Wilshire the day he left Kentucky? Yes. Well, yeah, I'd say so. He, he's more versatile. He can do more things. I mean, it's not like uh, Derek Willis is athletic, man. That dunk he had last night was probably the best dunk of the game. I can't and, Oh, well, he's a white guy. He can't be that athletic. Well, he's 6'9". I mean, I can Shut imagine up. he can he, dunk. He, dude, he would play for – he'd be Louisville's sixth man. I, I mean, I think that's a little bit of a haterism in that that comment, but and I'm not, not. Den- and I'm not denying that Derek Wills couldn't go somewhere and play basketball. Yeah, and when I say a mid major town, that's not saying he has to go play at like Kent State or you know or go play at, at, at Transylvania University. I, I would not be shocked if he didn't go to even a lower level major program. You know, maybe a even an Illinois or or maybe an Iowa or something like that. But I don't. I just he's not. To the Kentucky level, he's not just plain and simple. All right, we'll wait and see. Again, it's it's a loaded team, and, and the and the top five's pretty set. And then, you know, you'll have Alex Poitras or Marcus Lee being the sixth man. But uh, now, could he be a small contributor like Wilshire could have been? Yes, I can get that, but not that's give an, me put put right now for me. Put Derek Willis as the seventh man over Charles Matthews. Now that may change. Ooh, Charles you were Matthews, high on Matthews going into the season too. I like Charles Matthews a lot. Are. That's not, that's I'm, this isn't a knock against him whatsoever. And, and he's, he probably has more potential than a Derek Willis and he'll grow and, and be the better player. But as of right now, give me the offense, baby. Cause this is, well, this is going to be one of the best offensive teams since I've been watching UK, if not the best. What about and that can- goes, uh, what about Canada's favorite export, uh, Michael Mulder? I mean, where, where Michael he... Mulder, he's going to be – he's behind. He's a little bit behind. And he played okay well, last night. Was able to hit two threes. 
listen, the thing about Boulder is he's going to hit shots. And, and if they wanted him to play and he could play a Julius Mays role, role and he could go in there and he could knock down threes and he could be fine. But what's going to keep Michael Mulder on the bench is his defense. He's just not that great of a defender right now. And Derek Willis, again, that's going to be his biggest test is can, will he be able to defend against good opponents? If the answer is yes, Trevor, he's going to play. I is, is Willis a play. better defender than Mulder at this moment? Yes. Where, where does Willis play? Is Willis, is Willis playing the three or the? Uh, is he going to play the four? Where are you using him at? He'd be the three. Can he guard any, uh, the high level th- a wingman in college basketball? Well, does he have the lateral? Out. Does he have lateral the lateral quickness to do that? We'll have to find out. Again, uh, I get why you're skeptical. It's okay. up in the air, but I, I I think he wouldn't be a liability where you can't keep him on the floor. I now, mean, if you, you use, if you have shot blockers no. behind him, that's an underst- it's understandable to be excusable for having, you know, the defense lack of defensive prowess. But I mean, you don't have that shot block. I mean, I, it's, it, I don't, I, I haven't watched the Air play enough to, but I don't perceive him as that, that intimidating shot blocking presence to allow your perimeter players to be more of Olay defenders. Well, that. Uh... We'll see. I, I think they'll be okay shot blockers. Marcus Lee and, and Scalabizier and uh, Alex Poitras is also going to be an underrated shot blocker. But, <laughs> well, well underrated. But <laughs> In fact, I didn't even consider him one. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be the question. If he can defend, again, he doesn't have to be the best defender, but he can't be the guy where they throw, the opposing team gives the man he's guarding the ball every time and tries to isolate him because they know they're going to be able to get by him. Jack, they, you have an assignment for this season. To keep an eye on Murray and Willis's numbers all year long. Oh, don't worry about Murray. So that one's already a win. <laughs> the, the, the feather is in my cap, Trevor. I can't take it out because it's a win. I'm not, and I'm not arguing Murray as much. I, I, I might as I, much. I, well, I made debate. As if you could make a decent argument against him whatsoever. No, well, if I make any argument towards him, it'd be the the overhypeness. Not to not to say he's he, you were wrong on him being good, but the amount of love that you gave him may be in a debate. Uh, that we could use it another day. But Willis is definitely going to be a debatable one all year long. I mean, I, I'm sold on Murray, personally. I saw him a little bit with Canada. I think he's the real deal. But I, I think I agree with Trevor here. I mean, it's been two years in the program. It's his third year now. Now, how many cow guys have gone through and not played a lot their first couple of years and then suddenly blossomed into great players, third- and four-year guys. Look I mean, at, there's been a few. Darius yeah, Miller. Darius Miller oh, 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 first of all, first of all, yeah. first of all. Josh one, Harrelson. First of all, before you continue oh, that Josh sentence. Josh was, hold was on, behind J- DeMarcus Cousins. Jack, Jack, you can turn your mic off. You've already met okay. great at meeting at over expectations on that last comment from bringing that up. So you're good to go. And second of all, the three names you just mentioned weren't even Cal recruits, TJ. What's your point? Well, the fact is, they, they, you're you're using them as a reference of guys that spent over two years under that were upperclassmen without playing previous. But they, but they played for Cal for a year where they didn't do too much, and then they played for him a year where they did more. Well, and for a guy like year, Darius not, Miller, not, not, for, he, he named two Darius, years. Well, Darius Miller was two years. Third year was Kentucky did, maybe doesn't win the title without him. Was he? Was he? Was he was he was under two years. Okay, I, I mean he played, but he played. I mean he played it under, under uh, his first couple years under Cal. Listen, I I think both of you all are getting a little too <laughs> yeah. caught up on my Derek Willis expectation. I'm not. Well, saying you he's blew be us somebody. away with this. I mean, come I don't on. think he's. I don't think he's going to go in there and play 25 minutes and average 15 points and seven rebounds. But I think you called him Larry be, Bird. I, I think he's going to be the biggest. I think he's going to be a huge surprise on this Kentucky team, and I think he's going to be a player that for his senior year next year. 
Kentucky fans are going to be really excited about where he could be the sixth man. Maybe he's a starter. Depends who, if, you know, UK just missed out on Miles Bridges at the three. Maybe Derek Willis fills that role and UK's okay. I'm saying he's going to be a surprise. He's going to turn some heads. I'm saying he's the seventh guy off the bench and we're debating if he's seventh or eighth. <laughs> and you guys want to act like I'm acting like he's Larry Bird. Uh, you all are the ones that need to calm down a little bit. Calm down. We're not yelling. <laughs> You're going to get a riled up, and the neighbor's going to complain, and it's just it going to be a vicious me, cycle again. Reminds <laughs> me of the office where there's the fire that goes off in the office. Oh, Ryan, Michael, fire guy. Michael says, no, it's it's actually when Dwight lights the fire himself. Oh, yeah. Safety training. Yeah. Michael's like, oh, all right, everybody calm down, calm down. Calm Beth down! <laughs> and he's the first one that runs out of the building. My favorite part of that scene is when uh, Angela throws her cat up into the rafter and it comes back down yeah. like two spots later and lands on the desk. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm not again. I'm, we're debating. I'm saying that he might be the seventh guy off the bench, or the seventh, the second guy off the bench, but the seventh guy that gets the most minutes. And I'm saying maybe the eighth behind Charles Matthews. So it's not like I'm putting lofty expectations. <laughs> he's going to be a surprise. He's a good basketball player. I will, score. I will say this, do some good things. any production he does give in any game would be a surprise. Now let's now look at this. We, we got to go, but he averaged four minutes a game last year, three minutes a game this year. Trevor, now if he averages five minutes a game and <laughs> it's like three points per game and two rebounds, at the end of the year you say, TJ, you're such an idiot. You're so wrong about that. Okay. But if it's like 11 minutes, 12 minutes, and he's averaging you know seven points, Eight points, that's impressive, and that's a change, and that's not what a lot of people are expecting. Well, then I tell you what, give, give me that prediction right now, Jack. Write this down. What is your projection? And it doesn't have to be exact. You don't say exactly twelve minutes. I'll give you like a a four minute window to to give me a span up. Well, why don't we Why don't we find an over under? Let's do this tomorrow. We'll find an okay. over. Is Jack going to be? Is Jack in turn overship? No, is no, he's over? he's here through the, actually for a while, but he's out tomorrow though. Okay, well we'll yep. have to write. He'll be we'll back on Thursday. You and you and I can write it down. Uh, I know Jack goes back, listens to the podcast, make sure he does everything well. So uh, as long as he can listen to the podcast tomorrow and write it down so he can be our witness. Okay. Anyways, uh, we're out of time. We're going over anyways. 1450, the sports bus. Thanks for listening. Be a smart fan. We'll see you tomorrow. Shot of tone, lay back in the lap and take two to the door.